you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show that is all about helping you and me and others take ownership of your career and prepare for the future, the future of work and the future of whatever might come down your way, because we can set a vision, we can make plans, but we all know that there will be challenges that come up. Just look at 2020, which is a great example of that. Things change all the time. And I strongly believe that the best way to prepare for the future is by doing the things that I laid out in my book to build your network, to invest in continuous learning and build your brand. But we're not quite there yet. We are right in the middle of a new series I started called the Own Your Career series, where I'm doing some solo episodes, recording them live on LinkedIn and YouTube. And then broadcasting the episodes here on our podcast, The Own Your Career Show. And this is all about helping you own your career and prepare for the future. And if you haven't listened to the episodes I did before this, uh, maybe you're joining me live and you haven't heard some of those that we did in the past, we talked first and foremost about laying the foundation by building your self-awareness, taking time for self-reflection and building your self-awareness to really understand yourself, who you are, your values, your strengths, your weaknesses, how you got to where you are and where do you want to go? What do you like about your career? What do you not like? And then we talked about the importance of setting a vision and knowing where you want to go in your career because a pilot doesn't sit down in a cockpit of a plane without knowing exactly where they want to go and how they're going to get there. And yet we spend a lot, most of us in our careers never spend much time setting that vision or thinking about where we're trying to go. We just kind of wait for our boss to tell us the next thing to do. And, you know, we hope it works out. But my mission is to inspire more people to wake up and really take ownership of their careers and think about and get a lot more intentional with what they're doing and where they are going. If you are joining me live feel free to ask me any questions, send any comments my way. Today, I'm going to do a brief episode talking about how to break down goals and really go after those big projects, that vision, and how to overcome the fear that might be holding you back. Now, I talked in a previous episode, you know, I mentioned we did an episode on self-awareness. We did one on vision. Uh, we did one on connecting to purpose. We talked about making a plan and setting goals and uh, the last episode was all about asking for help and the importance of finding a mentor or a coach or someone who can really help you get to where you want to go because, you know, we're not really meant to figure things out on our own. Humans are social creatures, and I believe that we are really designed to be working in social structures and uh, doing things with others. So I'm a big fan of that. Uh, and I get help from people all the time. In fact, right before I started recording this, I got off of an interview uh, with a lovely woman named Joyce Lofstrom, uh, who hosts a podcast about testicular cancer. And she was interviewing me about my journey going through testicular cancer. And uh, she asked me in that interview about my support system. And I was reflecting on that and thinking about the fact that I was very lucky as I was going through testicular cancer to have my wife there with me along with my kids 
And uh, my mother lived pretty close by and helped take care of me. Uh, and I also had a large network of friends, maybe including you, who reached out to me, who sent care packages and well wishes. And it was just so helpful. And I'm so grateful for that. I don't know if I could have done things on my own. And much like in life, I don't think we're meant to do things on our own. It's okay to ask for help. So we did an episode on that. And today I want to talk about breaking down big goals. So you set that vision. You have that big thing that you want to achieve. And oftentimes when we set a big vision, we set a big goal, it's intimidating. It seems like, how am I going to do that? You know, I set a vision of being vice president one day, or I set a vision of, uh, you know, losing 50 pounds and running in a marathon, or I set a vision of reading, uh, you know, reading 30 books this year, whatever it may be. How do I achieve that? Well, you can't read 30 books at a time, right? You're not going to lose 80 pounds in a day, and you're probably not going to achieve that promotion of vice president tomorrow, right? So how do you do it? It's the same as that old adage. I don't know what you call it, a metaphor, um, the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time, right? So you start with the first step and then you go to the next step and you adjust along the way. But it's really important to take that first step. So when you have that big goal, that big thing that you want to achieve, uh, you want to like break it out, lay it out and say, and ask yourself, okay, what needs to happen in order for me to, to achieve this goal? How have other people achieved this goal in the past? Looking back to asking for help, you know, go to mentors and ask other people how they got to where they, uh, where they are, how they got to achieving that goal. Ask them about the things that worked well, the things that didn't work well, um, and how they broke things down and then lay it out and put a plan in place and then start, just take the first step. And I think that's the biggest key when you've got that big goal in front of you and uh, it feels huge and maybe it feels really scary and you think, I don't know if I can do this. What if I fail? The key is the most important thing beyond making a plan. And I think the plan is really important. The next most important thing is to take that first step, to just do the first thing and then do the next thing. And before you know it, you're well into it. So my example of a big thing that I did was publishing my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And uh, I've got it on the poster behind me. I'm holding the copy of the book here. Uh, you can also look it up. If you haven't read it yet, it's available on Amazon. Uh, the audio book is also available on Audible. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, when I was recording this, uh, it was also on sale, 50% off on Audible. I don't know if it still is, but go check that out. Uh, when I set out to write the book, I had never written a book before. I had never even written a blog before. I hadn't done that much writing. And I asked some people, author friends of mine, I'm very lucky to have several author friends in my network, how long is the traditional standard business book? And the answer was somewhere between 40 and 60,000 words. So on average, 50,000 words for a business book. Uh, by the way, my book, if you own it or you see me holding it up, I believe it ended up being around 50,000 words. It might be 55,000 words. I'm not quite sure. I have to go back and look at my document. But when I heard that, I thought, oh, 50,000 words? I've never even written a blog. How am I going to write a 50,000 word book? That sounds crazy huge. That sounds impossible. Uh, it was a very intimidating goal. And I remember having a conversation with one of my mentors, Honoré Cordor, who has published over 50 books. And she runs a course called Publishing PhD, which I took. Uh, I went through as I was writing my book. And she said, it's very simple. You just break it down. Uh, if you write 500 words a day times 100 days, you're going to have 50,000 words. 
And I was like, oh, okay, 500 words. How much is that? And she said, well, it's it's like a really long email. You've probably written 500 word emails. And I was like, oh, really? I have? Okay. Well, that gives me the confidence. I've written a lot of emails, right? So I know I can write 500 words. So I wrote an outline out, right? Made my plan. And I wrote out an outline of the book at three parts and then the, all the chapters. And I said, okay, I'm going to write 500 words a day for the next 100 days. And that will get me this book. And right now, 50,000 words seems crazy huge. But if I can stick to that habit, right, that goal that I broke it down to, then I'm going to be able to write this book, this 50,000 word book. And that's exactly what I did. I also, by the way, when you do something like that, when you say, oh, I'm going to do X, you also have to decide when are you going to do that and where are you going to do that to ensure that you do achieve it because you know there's going to be distractions. You know that there's going to be days when you feel lazy. You know that there's going to be days when you don't really want to do it. So you need to know when are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And why are you going to do it? That's the important thing. We talked earlier about purpose, the importance of connecting to your purpose. This is where that comes in. You got to know, why am I doing this? I have a friend who reached out to me just this week, sent me a message on Instagram and said, hey, Andy, I'm thinking about writing a book or I, I want to write a book. Uh, how do I go about doing it? And my first question is always, well, why do you want to write a book? Before we talk about the how, you need to know why you want to do it and what do you want it to do for you? And if you have, you're clear on that, then you make the plan and you sit down to write it or, you know, the same with any of your other big goals, right? You want to go for vice president, you want to lose 50 pounds, um, you know, you want to write a book, whatever that goal is, you want to start a podcast, you need to know why. Because there's going to be hard moments, there's going to be challenges that come up along the way, you're going to have days where you don't feel like doing it. And the more you're connected to your purpose and your why, the easier it is going to get past that. So I had a clear why, I knew why I wanted to write this book. I want to make an impact, I want to build my brand, I want to build my business, I want to be an author. And I'm going to make this happen. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'm going to make it happen, right? And so I made that plan. I set the outline. And then I decided I'm going to write every morning between 6 and 7 a.m. I'm an early riser. I already was a very early riser. I would get up at 4.30 or 5 every day. Um, and I'm going to write between 6 and 7 before the kids get up and the day starts, right? And so that's what I did. I wrote every day, mostly every day, between 6 and 7, uh, five, seven days a week, 500 words a day on average. Um, you know, I didn't stop at exactly 500. Some days it was a little bit less, some days a little bit more. Um, some days I went to Starbucks, but mostly I was on the couch in the front room of my house, kind of my writing spot on my laptop, my MacBook. And, uh, I did that for a little more than a hundred days, uh, about three and a half months from January to April of 2020, uh, through the shutdown and the pandemic, right? The world completely changed while I was writing my book and I just kept on writing, right? I could, maybe I couldn't travel anymore, but I could still write. And uh, at the end of that time, I looked at my document and I had 65,000 words and my average, I had written, I don't know how many days I had written, but I, I looked back and I averaged it out and I had averaged 531 words per day. So I stuck to my average, to my goal. And I was able to get, I achieved my goal. I exceeded my goal, right? Got to 65,000 words. I ended up doing some editing and cutting that down. As I mentioned, my book now has about 55,000 words. You want to cut some things out when you're writing a book. You don't want to publish the whole thing. I just got a book in the mail from a friend that just looks like it's too long. <laughs> like you want to, it looks like it's, you know, it's a hundred thousand words. Like I bet you probably could have cut some stuff from this. Maybe not. Maybe I'm, I haven't started reading yet. So maybe it is all high quality stuff. Um, but you know, I, I, I value my time and of course I, I want, I value your time as well. So I wanted the book to be efficient and good. Uh, and so I went through the editing process after that and I had the plan and actually where things broke down was in the middle. Once I got done writing, 
and I felt like I had achieved my goal, but I hadn't actually published the book. And then all the other things that I needed to do. And there was kind of a period in there where I started working on some other things. And the book ended up getting delayed about two months because I didn't have a clear plan and I didn't have a clear plan of action or know what I needed to be doing next. And I started having other people involved. And so I needed more clear communication and expectations. Now, eventually my wife helped me cut some things down in the book. I hired an editor, uh, Terry Stafford, who edited the book and did a phenomenal job. I hired a formatter and a cover designer. And uh, my assistant, Stephanie, helped me um, you know, work through the plan to get it published. And we did publish that book on November 16th, uh, despite the fact that I was going through some serious health challenges at the time. I had found out I had testicular cancer and I had surgery two days later uh, to have my left, te left testicle removed. But because I had the plan in place, we knew exactly what we needed to do. And we just needed to take a little bit of action every day to keep it mo moving forward and get that book published and have the support of several people who supported the book. We launched with, with quite a bit of fanfare and I was very happy with how things went. And it was because I had a plan, I broke it down into smaller goals and then I built a habit and I did it. I worked on that habit and I worked on the book pretty much every day, uh, you know, for weeks at a time and got that done. And then I had also been building my network and my personal brand for years. And that allowed me to get help in launching the book and have people come out and support me just as I had supported many other people in the past with their book launches and other things. Um, I'm a big fan of karma and fan of karma. I'm a believer in karma, whatever you want to call it, energy uh, that I, you know, if you put more positive energy out in the world, you help more people, uh, then they will want to help you and positive energy will come back to you. Call it whatever you want. Uh, I'm a believer in that. That's a topic for another day, um, but everything went well with the book. I've also achieved many other big goals by breaking them down and saying, okay, like I've host two virtual summits now. In September 2020, we hosted the Talent Development Virtual Summit. In, uh, I think it was November last year, 2021, we hosted the Own Your Career Summit, which had a thousand people registered for it. Um, I had, I think, 15 speakers, 16 speakers, a lot of different things we had to do. And, and we laid out the plan and broke it down. My assistant, Stephanie, ran all the operations behind that stuff, by the way. She's an expert. If you are thinking about running a virtual summit, reach out to me and I'll connect you with Stephanie and she can help you. Um, but we broke it down into the smaller things that we needed to do. Now, let me make sure I address the fear aspect. And before this gets too long, when we go to do big things like launch a book or a podcast or a host a virtual summit or go for that promotion or attempt to run a marathon, it can be scary. It can be intimidating, right? And that's why you first and foremost, I think, need that plan to know exactly what you're doing and understand the process. You need to break it down into the smaller stuff. You need to be able to take that first step to start moving forward. But you also need to be able to recognize the fear that you might be experiencing and ask yourself, why are you experiencing that fear? And is that fear legitimate? Is it, is it something that is justified or if it's just something that's being made up in your head? Because quite frankly, fear is a carnal, it's an ancient um, you know, feeling. It comes from our amygdala in our brains. And you know, it was there, it's there to save us, right? If we're getting chased by a tiger or the, you know, our hut is on fire to run and get out of there, right? The problem is that 98% of fears that we face in today's society are not fatal. Like they're not life or death fears and they're not even real fears, right? Most of our fears are just being laughed at by other people or afraid that we're going to be rejected or judged by others, which in the past was a real, a legitimate fear. Because if you got poorly judged by someone, 
your whole tribe judged you poorly and kicked you out of the tribe, you wouldn't survive, right? I was talking thousands of years ago. But now you're totally fine. And it's probably unlikely that most other people are going to negatively judge or reject you. And if a couple people do, that's on them. That's not on you, right? So I could have let that fear hold me back from publishing my book, but I was committed to getting it out into the world. And I've helped a lot of people as a result. So you've got to look at that fear, recognize it, and then... I'm a big fan of starving your fears, which is a term that I borrowed from Grant Cardone in his book, The 10X Rule. And he says in that book that fears grow the longer you let them, and therefore we need to starve them of air, food, whatever, oxygen, uh, in order to make them go away. So you've got to take that first step. It's like jumping off of, a couple of times I've jumped off of a bridge into a river and it's really scary. And then once you jump, like you're in the air and <laughs> that's it, like you're done, right? Um, and then you land and you're like, oh, that was really cool. Isn't that bad? I want to do it again. Right. Um, which is the next step, right? When you face these fears and you start the fear and you take action, uh, and you realize by the way, that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is recognizing fear and taking action. Anyway, you recognize that and you take the action and you realize, oh, this is not so bad. I didn't die jumping off the bridge into the river. I didn't get laughed at when I published hit publish on my blog or my podcast, um, I didn't get rejected when I went to my boss and asked uh, if I could get feedback or help working on a promotion, whatever it may be. Uh, I'm going to do this again. And then you build that experience and then experience builds confidence. And then it's not so scary anymore. So we're afraid of a lot of things. It's okay to be afraid when you're um, going after big goals. It's okay to feel intimidated. It's totally normal. It's You shouldn't feel embarrassed, um, but you need to recognize that and then make a plan and start with those fears and take action anyway. Once you take the first step and the second step and the third step and you're in it, you don't think as much about the fear. All right, that is all I have for you today, all about breaking down your vision or big goals into smaller steps, into habits, putting them into place, how I published my book, and how to overcome fear to take action and achieve your goals. Now, you can find out more about all this. You can learn more, be inspired, motivated by getting my book, own Your Career, Own Your Life, if you haven't read it yet, is available on Amazon. Uh, if you have and you haven't yet left a review, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review. It's also available on Audible. If you haven't downloaded our free resources, we have free resources available on our website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. I have my five steps to owning your career, the top five most common career mistakes, my morning routine, my affirmations that help me achieve big goals consistently in my career and in my life. Uh, these have been critical and helpful for me, and I'm giving those away to you for free. Uh, again, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. And finally, I'm really excited to announce that we recently launched the Own Your Career community. This is a community that is designed with the goal of helping you work with others to own your career and own your life. You get, when you join, you get access to my six module online course, the Own Your Career course, uh, including the 80 page workbook with exercises for all the things that we're talking about. And we do live calls every month where I'm going to do training. I'm gonna talk about the work and answer your questions. Uh, and you're gonna to get to connect with other people who are doing the same work that you are. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of career development. It's really personal development. It's really about helping you live your best life. We're going to invite experts into this space. Uh, I'm going to tap into my network to really make this incredibly valuable. And it's all available at a pretty low price today, I think, um, a lot less than what it's worth. Uh, and you can find out more by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash community, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash community. All right. 
Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it for watching. Um, I appreciate all of you. I'm grateful for your support. I hope that you'll share this with others and that you'll tune in next time for our next episode about how to own your career. Take care.